0: Welcome everybody to the Longhorn Republic, your source for Texas Longhorn news, sports, and opinions with a bit of snark built in. We are a podcast at Burner Orange Nation, and you can find more great Texas Longhorn content over at BurnerOrangeNation.com. If you like what we do, please leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. It helps get the show out there. Share this with your friends wherever you found it, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, Stitcher. Tune in, Spotify, anywhere where you can find fine podcast content. You can find Kyle and I. Feel free to connect with us on social media at LonghornPod on Twitter. Shoot us an email, LonghornRepublicPod at gmail.com. My name is Gerald Goodrich. I'm your host this week, like I am every week. And I'm joined by a man who's mourning the spring game, Kyle Carpenter. Kyle, how are you?
1: Well, it's just another reminder that we... Uh... We ain't got no sports, Gerald. It's um, a weekend pass where we should have been covering a UT spring game. Real kind of UT football. Um, getting our first look at some of the uh, the recruits and some of the, the players who are switching positions and all of that. Um, and we didn't get it. Didn't get to look at Yurchis and what he's doing and, and Ash and what he's doing. Um, but we are all staying safe and we're all hopefully flattening and shortening the curve and getting the other side of this thing so if it's one spring ball down and we still get an actual college football season then you know i'll I'll call it a wash given these circumstances
0: yeah i will call it a wash as well um as someone who's living in oklahoma who is in a similar situation to those living in texas just because stuff is open doesn't mean you have to go that's all i'm gonna say just because it's open doesn't mean you have to go so Let's move on, Kyle. You said there wasn't any sports, but last week actually kind of felt like there there almost was sports to watch. uh, With two big events, the NFL draft has come and gone. Uh, Three Texas players were selected, and then a couple more ended up on NFL teams. Uh, And then Shaka Smart got a big commitment from one of the biggest names in college recruiting. And we'll start there. So after weeks and months of consternation about this and back and forth and will they won't they will shaka still be there if Shaka's still there greg brown is coming to texas oh no the g league is offering six figures will greg brown actually come to texas greg brown announces on instagram live friday afternoon that he will be coming to the university of texas for a year Five-star power forward from Vandergrift High School in Austin. He's the number nine player overall, the number one power forward in the country, the number one player in the state of Texas. He will be the fifth highest-ranked player to play at the University of Texas based on 24-7 sports history, Kevin Durant, Mo Bamba, Avery Avery Bradley, Miles Turner, and then G.B. Three, A big addition for Shaka Smart coming into a potential 2020-2021 season. How big is this for a Texas program that was starting to feel some positive momentum before the season shut down?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's positive for Shaka, right? This was the long, long conversation was, you know, there were people in, in the doldrums of the season before the kind of uptick at the end who said, well, we got to get rid of, of Shaka, and I think we may have been in that train, but a lot of people said, wait a minute. One of the factors is this kid. So when you're a, a high school recruit and you're factoring into a potential, whether it actually happened or, or it was speculated, but um, potentially factored into a coaching decision, you know the kid is good. You know he um, has some clout, has some gravitas, has some potential um, to you know really shape the direction of a program. Basically, it was between Texas – and, you know, the minor leagues, effectively, the NBA G League was really uh, after him. And, uh, you know, you, you know that you're talented, right? You know that you are um, something special, if, if that's what you're looking at. The, the, the fact that, you know, Shaka and, and, and the, the coaching staff have been after him basically since, you know, he uh, he, he was still playing I don't even know what game the kids were playing then, but uh, on his his Nintendo Switch or whatever, he was in seventh grade. uh, You know, it it says something about it that that he's been um, he's had some Longhorn connection for a long time. I think he has a chance to really come in next year with a team that's returning a ton of talent, Um, and he's not. Kind of since Kevin Durant, all of those people you named, and even some of the others um, that are right on the the outskirts of that, in our our big recruits, our big five stars, and and large four stars that we've gotten, he's not um, a pure like five or a, you know a true pure inside post big. He's a truly dynamic. He is big. He's six nine, but a truly dynamic score. You think more of a Durant than maybe like a Mobamba. So a little bit of a different player than than you know we've had kind of in our. our our formula lately of get really good five-star at the, at the five position. And he's here one year, you know, it I, I, we can't speculate way too early to see what's going to happen with all of it, but it's a great day for Texas basketball.
0: A hundred percent. And I think like Greg Brown is, feels a lot like what was missing from last year's team in a lot of ways, where that, that guy that can um, play that mid, he could stretch. He's like that stretch four, right? Where you gotta spread the floor a little bit. Um, granted, there are probably a lot of other gaps in that team, but I I may just be too high on this. But but when I when I look at Greg Brown joining a team that is likely going to be pretty intact from last year, this could very well be Shaka's most talented group since he's been here. Now he's had probably some obviously higher individual talent. Mo Bamba is on that list, right? Um, but I think from when you look at the team overall from top to bottom, I mean, Jericho Sims probably coming back to school, right? Uh, Matt Coleman, Andrew Jones, uh, Ramey, Jace Fabres, Like, that's a that's a solid core of guys. And then you add Greg Brown, who's a legitimate, like, lottery pick in the NBA next year. Like, that's a team that if Shaka can't find a way to, to rub – all of these guys together and, and pop out some wins. Like, I think there's, there's definitely something wrong there. And so I'm, I'm curious to see how this shakes out next year, uh, because I, there are no excuses for Shaka Unless, unless all of these guys uh, get on a scooter and crash into each other and can't play <laughs> next year. There's literally no excuse for Shaka uh, in the, in the 2020, 2021 basketball season.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's exactly right, right? This is his gift. This is his curse because they're, they're really, um, if this team underperforms with all of that returning talent you mentioned, plus a you know a six six nine guy who can dribble a little bit, kind of create his own shot off the dribble, and, and shoots at just about a forty percent clip from three, um, you know, it really should evoke a, a bit of a Kevin Durant type player. I mean, if if you can take that team and not seriously compete for the big 12 or a you know a low number seed in the NCAA tournament then that might be a finality to to questions that have been asked um of that coaching staff so um a huge year coming up. And, and obviously, like you said, GB3. Um, I, I'm excited to see all the, the Sonic the Hedgehog memes that we get to use and incorporate next season. Um, that his, his family rolls rolls the, the whatever, I guess their sigil is Sonic. Um, so, uh, you know, he's going to be fun in a lot of ways. And, and like I said, you can analyze it. We'll have plenty of time for that. But for right now, I'm excited. It is big news and it is good news for the UT basketball program. So that's the the exact type of news we're hoping to receive during these dark days.
0: Absolutely. So uh, this is going to be Shaka's smallest recruiting class. I believe it's a class of one. So, but potentially uh, most immediate impact group. So another group of guys that were uh, selected or selected their next destination, the NFL draft has come and gone. Um, and like we mentioned off the top, three Texas players – Heard their names called a couple early in the rounds, one late in the round, and then two others managed to uh, to find their way on the NFL rosters. Brandon Jones was the first one off the board. Uh, shocking to some people, actually, that he was the first one to go. Uh, yeah. But round three, pick six by the Miami Dolphins, number 70 overall. Miami had a sneaky good draft. I think they addressed a lot of their needs, but that's me as a Dolphins fan. But if you listen to this podcast, you know I am super pessimistic about everything sports-related. <laughs> so... That says a lot. Devin DuVernay went a little later. Round three, same round, but pick 28 in the 92nd pick overall. First Texas wide receiver drafted uh, since Marquise Goodwin in 2013, which is, oh, just a knife. Um, Colin Johnson was selected by Jacksonville in round five, pick 19, 165 overall. And then after the draft ended, uh, Malcolm Roach signed on to his hometown, I guess, air quotes hometown new orleans saints as an undrafted free agent and zach shackleford is uh signed an undrafted free agent deal to the tampa bay
1: Buccaneers. uh tampa bay gronkineers i think no um the uh <laughs> it, it's interesting Gerald. right we we have we have long said we are not like die hard true you know nfl bleed every sunday um fans but we we obviously have a uh, Rooting interest years go, go quite deep, um, but for, for the Dolphins and Ravens and those were the first two teams to take a Longhorn. Um, the Ravens in particular, I think, just just continue to add. I mean, they they unfortunately added some some Aggies and Sooners as well, but you know, to a a really incredible core uh, with Earl Thomas, Justin Tucker, Deshaun uh, out there. I mean, they they've they've had some Longhorns in the past as well, so it it makes it easy. For me, but I think out of all four of these guys, I am curious what Colin can do in Jacksonville. But Duvernay, with that Baltimore offense, basically with Lamar Jackson, all of the um, explosive plays that that they have, and take J.K. Dobbins even as an, as another pick out of that. But what they had last year, even and then throw him into that, it, it really is exciting um, for his potential for immediate impact. Who who are you most excited to see?
0: I mean, I think Duvernay gets added to an already dynamic uh, offense and, and to see how excited his new coach was to draft him. I believe he said he was his favorite receiver in the draft, which is a big deal. And that, that offense just keeps getting better. Uh, obviously I have, I have that vested rooting interest, uh, in Brandon Jones in Miami. My, my dad moved to the United States the year the dolphins went undefeated. And so, uh, as, as a front runner, uh, he latched onto them, but then, It's now been 40 years. (laughs) Uh, Definitely no longer a Fairweather fan. We've dealt with some real bad years. Uh, So I'm excited to see Brandon Jones, especially I'm excited to see Brandon Jones in those all-white throwback alternative uniforms that uh, Miami rocks so often, which I absolutely love to see. Um, But I really like... I'm I'm weirdly excited to see Zach Shackelford in Tampa Bay because center is kind of a weak spot for them. They have a, a kind of a veteran uh, and then a, a second year guy at a Harvard at center, and that's it on the roster. And so he if he can play well and impress the coaches he's got a legitimate spot of uh, a legitimate chance of making a spot on that 53 man roster so i'm definitely interested to see how things shake out for him and then it's so good to see malcolm roach land in new orleans a place where he loves he in the off season would go back and do charity work in in the new orleans area and kind of the suburbs where he's from and so it's just cool to see a guy who is a Kind of a bit of a hometown hero, at least to people who know who he is, uh, end up on the hometown team, the team that he grew up uh, playing for. He tweeted something about, I was gone for four years, but now I'm back home. Like That's yeah. just so cool to see.
1: Well, and I mean, he, he he has played in that stadium and played pretty darn well, if you think back to the uh, the, the game that Tech split against Georgia in that uh, Superdome. So, I mean, I think uh, everything bodes well there. I'd love to see both him and, and last year's uh, undrafted free agent, a little Jordan Humphrey, both make it from the practice team onto the actual squad and and be contributors next season uh, to the saints. But, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, all told, all five of the draft eligible guys, you know um, that we were looking at, you know, were signed to teams, Uh, you know, so I I think could have, could have gone a little earlier, maybe for Colin Johnson that could have fifth round, maybe a little low for him, but you, you have to look at the injury concerns and understand it there. He has, reason to have a chip on his shoulder. Brandon Jones, I think, probably went higher than most people will pick. So, I mean, I think if you said a 3-3 three, three and a 5, and, and 3 out of the 5 got picked, that's probably about about what we were hoping.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think all, all 5 of them landing on an NFL team, especially in the year that Texas continues to kind of be a punchline on draft day uh, because there's so many players from the state of Texas that get drafted, and, and again, only 3 of them played at the University of Texas. So, I think that's well, – in Yeah. Colin Johnson's is actually a California guy now that I think about it. He is. Yeah. Uh, so he's not even a guy from Texas. But um, the the conversation around it was so weird because, like, Tom Herman was getting pulled into, into this as a guy who didn't develop these players and had dra- uh, recruited poorly. And, like, that was the Charlie Strong transition class where yeah. they – Let's be like they just dropped the ball on on J.K. Dobbins, and when Tom Herman walked in on on campus, looked at the recruiting board and said, "Why on God's green earth have we not offered C.D. Lamb?" Like that's like that's just the like a lot of the 2017 class is not on Tom Herman now. The lack of development probably could be attributed to that, but I think Tom Herman has come out and said it that. They haven't been developing guys, and it's part of the reason why they've assembled the staff that they do. But when you look at twenty eight, the twenty eighteen class, I think there's several guys that will likely see, hear their names called early in the draft next year, and we'll talk about that a little bit later.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think I think you're right. It's it's. Um... Next year, it's way too early to predict, but there, there are a lot of players who who have NFL caliber and high NFL grade potential, um, depending on the season next year. But I, I think one thing we don't want to pass over is is we have a couple of those players who are next year on the offensive side of the ball, but there were a couple this year. Uh, this is the first time that Texas had two offensive players drafted in the first year, uh, excuse me, in the same year since 2010. Gerald, who, who might those two be?
0: I think they were roommates, Kyle, were they not?
1: Oh, okay, so so that must have been um, – uh, let's – I can't even think of anyone else.
0: <laughs> Their dads were also roommates, Kyle. I'm not sure if you knew that. Uh, Colt McCoy, Jordan Shipley drafted – and actually back-to-back picks, I believe, uh, in that draft. So uh, weird that – I'm still a little upset that they broke them up, but that's that's neither here nor there.
1: You know, uh, I, I, I think it's, I think it's perfectly fine, uh, that Garrett Gilbert and Malcolm Williams went back to, wait, no. Oh, Colt, Colt. Uh, sorry. I get, I get all my quarterback receiver combos, uh, uh, confused there. No, no, that's, um, that's, Case
0: McCoy and Jackson Shipley. <laughs> the, uh,
1: the, the, there's a, there's a, a Snead, I think who they're recruiting right now. So the, the circle of life does not uh, grow <laughs> too much. You know, it, it stays, uh, stays closed, but no, um, it's exciting, right? It's something. This is this is Herman's chance to, to lay those blocks and build off of it. So it's something. Um, we need to keep getting defensive guys drafted for sure, but uh, let's, let's get some offensive players the best out of the state, commit to UT, and then those guys get developed so that they uh, project to the next level. And then everyone will be happy. We won't have anything to podcast about, no complaints. Uh, everyone will just be happy and peaceful to each other on the Internet.
0: Kyle, we are fans and a podcast for the university of texas there will always be complaints <laughs> that brings us to the part of the show where we give some shine to uh the programs and the people that don't always get as much shine and we down the 40 now it's weird to start out here because last week was literally all women's basketball but whatever uh Vic schaefer is doing some absolute work on the recruiting trail. So, this got a little overshadowed because uh GB3 committed on Friday, but Vic Schaefer this last weekend reeled in not one, but two five-star players for his 2020 recruiting class. So five-star point guard, Rory Harmon uh, committed actually the same day as our friend, Greg Brown. She is one of the top players in the country. And then that day later, five-star power forward, Aaliyah Moore from Moore, Oklahoma committed to the university of Texas. That's a big deal. And you know, we were, we were, we knew the Schaefer hire was going to be big, but I didn't think the dividends would pay off so quickly.
1: And again, let's remember, this was right after we talked last week on this podcast about the transfer kind of bubble and how impressed we were with the amount of experienced players that were coming to UT from either, you know, previous stops knowing and and playing for Coach Schaefer or just players from around the country uh, who knew this was the place to be. So, I mean... You were going to see one of the deepest, most loaded teams that Texas has ever had um, in the modern era next year, and and you have to imagine that trend is only uh, tipping on the upward. But yeah, two five sorry, I believe both, depending on which service you look at, top ten players in the country on the same day is is absurd, maybe obscene. Um, I mean, like I don't, I don't even know if Calipari gets to do that uh, on the men's side. I don't, I don't know whoever just gets to, to drop that on, you know, social media on the same day. So if you're asking who is winning the COVID-19, you know, sweepstakes, I think Vic Schaefer is, is leading the nation with having the best, uh, the best lockdown couple weeks here.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's doing it big. And, and I think we'll see this continue to trend in that direction. I think we'll see, um, I don't know if Texas is done on the transfer market, but I don't think there'll be a splashy. And then bringing in these younger players, I think this is probably what Texas women's basketball recruiting is going to look like moving forward. Sticking with recruiting, the Longhorns got a big commitment from a big man from Atascocita high school.
1: Cita, Gerald. Are you not up on your uh, not I- not too close to Houston? I mean, it's a good 30, 40 minute drive, depending on traffic. Probably an hour if you get traffic. Uh, Houston area um, odd pronunciations, kind of like Guadalupe and uh, others. That's that's Atascocita. I I, sh- I
0: should have practiced that one. <laughs>
1: Casita. That's right. You got it. Did I get it? You got Kinda it. Kind of like
0: if I just think of Mac Brown saying "Casitas." That's right. Can... That's
1: that's that's actually what they named the town after. It used okay. to be, yeah, yeah. It used to be called Nice Villages uh, High School, but they <laughs> they renamed it to Mac Brown's Casitas.
0: Casita High School mm-hmm, mm-hmm. tight end Landon King pulled the trigger, committed to Texas. Had the. Recruiting Twitter feared kind of an uproar because Carrington tweeted out the bat signal we all know and love. But then Jalen Milrow got in on it and said, I'm really excited about this next commitment. And then new tight ends coach Jay Bulware. Tweeted the Fred Sanford heart attack GIF, so we knew something was coming. Uh, he's listed as a three star currently, like at somewhere in like the eight hundreds, I think, on on two composite. But uh, when you look at the offer list and who is recruiting him, it uh, tells a different story. Texas's biggest competition for Landon King were the Alabama Crimson Tide. Yeah. The Auburn Tigers and the Texas A&M Aggies. So the stars may not tell the story. He's probably a kid that would have gotten a big rankings bump or will potentially if a uh, 2020 high school football season happens,
1: yeah, and I think Georgia was in there too. So I mean, just a really, really great, um, you know, list. You can often find out. Coaches seem to know a bit more than, than recruiting services, I presume. So um, no, I, I think I think it's a great, great get. Um, not going to talk about the speculated rumor about his cousin being a package deal as an LSU commit. We're going to leave that one um, there. But uh, no, I mean, I think he, uh, I think he is. A great addition in his own at a position that you and I have both been calling for a while to return to the David Thomas days of of glory the preacher Michael Finley uh, curse uh, tight end I mean we've put some some really good recruits at that position I'm excited to see that in this new offensive scheme be a position that we actually emphasize and we don't just put out on the field for you know the sake of having it there but we we you know utilize that position I think he can be uh, with his kind of uh, size and and receiving ability can fit right in there as a really, really interesting piece in the years to come.
0: Yeah, he's got a skill set. He's he's definitely more of a – he's more of an H-back, kind of not a tight end. He's kind of that guy that uh, can play multiple spots and flex a little bit. So um, he – he the the theme for the 2021 class is probably my favorite thing in the world. I uh, got my stand on my chest and my family on my back. Like that is just – Incredible stuff. Uh, I Jalen Milrow talked about it on a, on a podcast with our friend Mike Roach. Uh, it's kind of been their their rallying cry for this this class, and I'm all for it. More good news for the Country Club Sports. Uh, for women's golf. Uh, f- favorite of the show I'll go and call it Sophie Guo and Caitlin Papp were both named first team all Americans by golf week so the awards keep coming in for an incredible golf season and uh, JP Urquidez who uh, transferred out he was a Texas offensive lineman will uh, not have to go far to find his new landing place will uh, finish his career out playing for the Texas State Bobcats
1: yeah, no, I think that's great. Congrats to the uh, the women's golf team being being great. Well, another one of those teams that was really, really grooving and looking at postseason uh, potential glory in, until the the world uh, stopped turning for a few weeks here, as we found ourselves. So excited to see them recognized um, and what they'll do next year. And good luck to uh, to JP at Texas State. Eat them up, cats.
0: I think it'll be a good landing spot for him. But that brings us. To the part of the show where we honor one of the best traditions of all of college athletics, big Bertha. And we bang the drum brought to you by Joe Ruiz. So Kyle, what are you banging the drum on this week?
1: You know, I was going to uh, to bang this drum, and just uh, because podcasting is a visual medium, have uh, me reacting to the various shots of the new Moncrief Newhouse Athletic Center and the $200 million uh, facility renovation going on. We got our, our demo video that was just jaw-dropping. It was going to be a lot of, oh Ooh, look at that. Uh, but I don't know that that, that translates as well um, to the pure to the pure audio uh, version. So I'll just hit some highlights. I mean, it, it if you haven't seen it, uh, we retweeted it from the, the show account. You obviously should be following uh, that on Twitter, and then you'll see all of these great things. But, uh, I mean, it's just... It looks unbelievably state of the art. I think both Chris O'Connty and Tom Herman um, came to Texas and were a little surprised because we, you know, as we say, are the Joneses and did not have the single best facilities. We were a little bit behind. We had upgraded and become the best in the country, um, and then you know everyone else caught up, and we we just kind of got a little bit stagnant in what we had done. They have started some of those renovations, and this is kind of the the finish. Of that, Um, I mean, they they hinted a little bit at what the weight room will be. Obviously, that's a really key, important part. Um, The the one thing you know, I'm just a little bit worried about is is you know the. Though they get the the multiple arcade games, I only saw three nap pods, which you know we want these guys energized and refreshed. So hopefully that means there's a, a, a dedicated napping area, but you know just to, somewhere in that hundred thousand plus square feet uh, that they they have in renovated space, I'm sure the players will find some some space to stretch out. Um, but I mean I, again, I don't know how to describe this other than than imploring you to go take a look. Um, it'll get you excited if you went to games last year and saw the construction in that end zone. You know this is this is what will make it all worth it and at 200 million big ones um chris del conti has the, the the war chest at his disposal and this this is exactly what we would have hoped for everything is chic um clean um just looks like a national championship facilities and so i i saw it and i got immediately jacked uh ready for the players to to walk out of uh a building that looks like that
0: So my two thoughts are, one, like nap pods are a weird thing to me because it kind (laughs) of looks like um, I'm going to nerd out for a second. Um, when Darth Vader was relaxing and you saw like the first saw underneath the helmet, that's what those look like to me. It's really, really weird. Um, but also as somebody who can fall asleep basically anywhere, it just seems like, it just seems like an unnecessary expense. Like I fallen asleep standing up in airports before. So like, <laughs> like let's just, let's just do that. Right. Uh, but really the, the most important question is they've got a barber shop in there, which is, which is big, but I really need to know like who's cutting the hair. Who's gonna be the, the cutters? Because they're not gonna be there all the time. Right. And when I moved to Austin, I, I was looking for a barber and I knew that I was in the right barber shop when I saw basketball and football players waiting for the other barbers. Like, Okay, this is the spot, right? So I knew I was in the right spot uh, and then I found a barber I liked and he moved shops and I followed him as you tend to do with your barber. But like, I need to know who that guy is because if I'm in Austin I need to know, let's find this guy's shops on his off days from, from Moncrief.
1: Gerald, I'm, I'm all about protecting people's uh, privacy and, and sensitive data so I won't say any names, but I actually know your barber. If you recall you, uh, you hooked me up with an interview in, in, in a journalism Class while in undergrad So I actually uh, I know Your Barbara I, I've, I've interviewed and spoken To your Barbara he thinks highly Of you or at least I he appreciate- did then <laughs> <laughs> It's
0: been a decade but Hopefully he still uh, Does so I am uh, Banging the drum this week on Something that I alluded to earlier In there's a lot of Conversation around Texas and the lack of Player development in the last several years um, Based upon the NFL draft results based upon Deshaun Elliott going on uh, social media and running his mouth uh, based upon a friend of the show, a guy we really, really like. um, And he wasn't really running his mouth, but just agreeing with him. Donald Hawkins agreeing that he didn't learn anything while he was at Texas, which is tough to hear. But a lot of that's getting lumped on the current staff and the current regime. And one, none of those guys coached the two guys in question. And two, I think that's the reason why Tom Herman made some of the staffing changes because he admitted that they weren't developing players like they should. They And again, is three years enough time to judge that? Maybe, maybe not. But I do think that you've got potentially three guys at least that could be early draftees next year Sam Cosby's in a lot of first round projections in those way 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 too early 2021 mock drafts but you got a guy like Sam Cosby you got a guy like Caden Stearns if he can stay healthy throughout a season I could see him taking his talents to the next level Joseph Osai I think is going to absolutely flash in this new defense and I think he's going to be a freak at the combine and so I think that there's going to be a shifting of this narrative around Texas in the near future. It's just, it's frustrating to me that I think people are blaming the current administration for the past, really two coaching staff's sins. And it's just really frustrating, especially because I'm absolutely tired of being in Texas, being a national punchline when it comes to the NFL draft.
1: Well, I think we, we respect coach uh, coach Herban immensely. Um, on this particular show um, and and I think Cosme specifically will will you know have a chance to really prove something but if you look say Texas has you know just let me put it out there way too early drafts no one had for instance LSU multiple offensive players going as high as they did right it, it will depend on next year but imagine a dream scenario where Texas has a really great year they achieve um, to the level that we think that they can um, there are there's a lot of first-round talent. Guys who were big recruits in high school who have played big at UT who project to the next level. A guy you didn't even mention, Snacks. I think De Coburn is a guy who could be, you know, again, with a good season next year, could be a first-round talent. Texas could, could in theory, have three to four uh, of those guys. And, and again, I, I really like Sam Ellinger as a college quarterback. I'm very curious how he'll project at the next level. He's a guy who has you know Heisman talent, I think, or, or at least you know All American talent um, at the quarterback position when he plays his best football. And who knows if there's a team that thinks, you know what, uh, that's a winning mentality? Maybe we can translate that to the next level. I don't necessarily think he's a first round projected pick, but you know what I mean. Uh, go go win a go win a national championship or a Heisman. It seems like if you win a Heisman now, you're a first round pick uh, based on the past three years or so. So uh, there is some doing left to do on the field, but if all things go right, there is the talent Is was brought to the 40 acres. The talent has started to show itself in the younger underclassmen so far on the 40 acres and in next year, you know, in theory should be a put up or shut up season.
0: I think my real question about the 2021 draft cycle is, will they ask Sam Ellinger if he's willing to change positions if he's not drafted at tight end? That's always my, always my question. Uh, Cause they definitely asked Jalen hurts, but that's all we've got for you this week. Kyle. Where can the good folks find you
1: on the internet? Sam Ellinger, middle linebacker, Joel Landing. You can find me on uh, Twitter at Kyle Carpenter. You can follow the Texas Pregamer on Twitter at Texas Pregamer.
0: You can follow me on Twitter at GH Goodrich, talking about how Sam Ellinger will be the next, whatever his name is, from New Orleans, Taysom Hill from <laughs> New Orleans. You can follow the show on Twitter at Longhorn Pod. Shoot us an email, Longhorn Republic Pod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for tuning in again this weekend. Until next time, hook up.
1: Hook up. No more of Hill no references.